Hello. Hi. I'm Freya. And I'm April. And this is The World is a Horrible, Horrible Place. Because it is. Because it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, today we have some more murders to talk about with you, as because usual. What else is there to talk about in life? This is the second episode of it, BT Dubs. Woo! In case, yeah. If you missed the first one, which, what the hell, why would you have missed like, the first one? how do you know this exists? Exactly. Just go listen to the first one. Oh, sorry, that's my bottle. Get to know us a little more. <laughs> April's kicking off and throwing things around the room, <laughs> as per usual. I can't control her. April is also recovering from food poisoning. She is. And a little she, bit You're cold. not supposed to be here. Apologies. Oh, she's apologising. Do we forgive you? Mm. I wouldn't. I don't think I do. <laughs> <laughs> so... I wanted to say something because on the way here, I have to get the bus from far away, far, far away, and I see a lot of stuff, a lot of shit, and I wanted to talk about a few things I saw on the way here this morning. So I saw, (laughs) I go past um, the cemetery where my great nana is buried, and there was, on the other side of the road, there was a, like, branch that had fallen off, and I thought it was a human hand. (laughs) <laughs> and I didn't even react in the way that you would expect someone to react if they saw a human just, hand. Oh, human hand. I just casual. kind of looked at it and was like, okay. And then it wasn't. <laughs> and then we went further and I saw one single glove stuck on the top of a railing. Oh my God. It's such a weird thing that you say a single glove. I know. That'll, mm-hmm. that'll come into play later. Probably. It will. Prob- definitely. Yeah. And then I saw on... Um, Agecroft, you know where the war memorial is? Mm-hmm. Just a bottle of beer <laughs> placed so neatly on the big... Um, Just saving it for later. Exactly. You know where it is. You know, you can come back to it. And then I saw my all-time favourite house, and I pass it every morning. It's just the best thing in the world. It has, like, licence plate on it. You have a favourite house. Do you not? Get a favourite house. I mean, there's one in, like, Haywood that's just purple, and it's cute. Okay, mine's better. It's like right. it has Fine. license plates stuck on the wall, and the gate has like painting and like drawing all oh, over it. Silly. And it's my favorite thing in the world. And if I don't live there when I'm older, do you I know might what? cry. That would be my favorite house too. So that's not why do you have to take all no, of my things? No, I'm saying if I saw our house as cool, I don't that. think that you can talk about my, this house. I'm just it's saying. That I'm sorry, I bullied you. Oh, oh we have an apology. Oh, you're apologizing a lot today. I did not. Put my dick. <laughs> my Stop cat. it! You talk about Shane Dawson a lot. He's gonna sue me. Probably this. This isn't. This podcast isn't going anywhere because we just offended Shane Dawson. I don't have any money to give you, Shane. <laughs> I don't think we should give him. Anyone should give him anything anyway. True. Um. Anyway, April, how was your weekend? I mean, despite the, the despite mm-hmm. you know having food poisoning. Oh, that's my fave. It was fine. It was fine. What did yeah. you do? I like, want details. I saw. I, went, I met her boyfriend. Everyone who tried to shake my hand. It was <laughs> the boy, sweetest thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, we went out for food. Oh, did you? Yeah. Really. And I saw in your story that you went to the cinema and you had like a table. What the hell? Yeah, like in Media City, there's a fucking view. Is that in the Lowry? In the Lowry outlet, and it's, it's like, open. I didn't know it was open. Mhm. It's like all reclined seats. Wow. And um, you know the cup holders? Yeah, it was like a table. So you could put like your popcorn on it and everything. Fuck, that's so cool. We watched Into the Spider-Verse. Did you? 
Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I'm so happy about you. Could ask me how my week How was, was your weekend? My weekend was so great. I did research for this. A lot of it. Because I, I went, it. I went, you know when you get into something <coughs> and you just like, that is a whole. Mm, I'm so happy we're so far away from each other right now. Um, <laughs> I don't have it. There's a hole that you just fall down. I did that. And I found some like really cool stuff. Oh, oh, don't do that. And I actually have a few things to say about, um, where's my phone? I have a few things to say about last week's episode because I missed some stuff out. Um, because I listened to My Favorite Murder, we talked about it last time, and I am not that far into it. I finished episode nine this morning when you got on the bus, that's what I was listening to. Okay, and then I was like, oh, I love it so much. Um, but one of the episodes, I think it was episode seven or eight, I didn't listen to it because it was on Eliza Lamb mm. or Elisa Lamb. So I didn't want to listen to it because I didn't want that to affect how I spoke about it. Yeah. Um, but I listened to it after we um, finished. Take a shot every time I say, um, just do it. It'll be a really fun game. <laughs> um, <laughs> 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 so I have a few notes that they said that I didn't know. I'm going to tell you about it. Uh, so the footage that we were speak- speaking about speaking. I don't know why we have a podcast we can't make mouth we can't talk <laughs> we, can't <make> mouth. <laughs> we we don't speak well um, it's slowed down by like a significant amount isn't there like a minute yeah, or two missing there's a well? minute cut out of it um, which is just what the hell it's so fishy it is so weird so that's something that you guys should know about and apparently she was holding the the hold button on the lift and that's why the door because I said it was so weird how the doors yeah. don't close. So apparently that if you look um, like a thing. minute into it the door tries to close. But why is there a minute cut out of it? And why is it slowed down? And it's still quite you know for it to be slow. I wonder what it looks like at like full speed. Probably creepier. Because the hand movements she's going <laughs> Yeah. It's like, yeah. So weird. So weird. Do you want to go into the, what we're here to do? <laughs> or do you want to not? <laughs> I think we should. You want to go first this time? Yeah, sure. Let Mine, me do the trigger warnings. Mine's like kind of longer. Yeah, how long? It's not like hours long, but it's like. Should not, you speak for the whole time? It's just not as short as the well, Johnny Eights one. That's okay. It can be a lot as long as we want. This is our podcast. Yeah, it true. It fucking matter. You're just here for 10 hours. You guys will love it. Don't complain. 10 hours later, we finally get to Freya. <laughs> yes, Freya. Okay, so... Wait, trigger warnings. I know, I was going to say, okay, don't, so the This one warnings. has a lot, but you don't have to listen to it if you yeah, this is don't want to. A lot of trigger Don't do it. Oh, even though the whole podcast is basically a trigger warning. Yeah, but there's a difference between, like, a murder being a trigger Sorry. <laughs> the difference between like your trigger warning yeah, being this one's pretty murder bad. and your trigger warning being something that's involved in a murder. If this is if you um mm. are triggered by any of this, please don't listen to it. We don't want yeah, to be like, the cause of for any yeah, harm. Yeah, we're not gonna be offended. Like we understand. Yeah. Just make sure you come back next time. <laughs> this is a really triggered one. So the trigger warnings for mine are rape, like child pornography. <laughs> Why are you dancing? <laughs> <laughs> so rape child pornography i'm not dancing about that um, i was dancing about my drink i didn't realize you were starting <laughs> right so right mm-hmm. child pornography child abuse 
Okay. Child murder. Yeah. Yeah. Just some stuff. I wouldn't recommend child children. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it. Um, so my case is actually a really famous one. Uh, sorry guys, but it's like <laughs> I have something to bring to it. I'm not just like here's a thing everyone talks about. Yeah. But it's the Moore's murders. Great. Um, and give str- it to us, April. Strangely, as like a child. I really enjoyed this case. Of course you did. That's why we're here right now. Yeah. Doing this. But it was because, like, one of the victim's mums was like, uh, we'll, we'll get into it. But oh, we're going to get into it. Spoilers. No. So the most murders were done in and around Manchester, which is where we're from. And it was between Ian Brady and his girlfriend, Myra, Moira Hindley. Everyone says it differently. Oh, she's going to come back and get you for that. <laughs> it's spelled... Myra, but everyone I've spoken to says like Moira. Moira. It's like I have her face on my book. She's that's like in the most bag famous right evil woman in like Britain. After me, of course. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. So Ian Brady was born in Glasgow in 1930. Glasgow. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> to a single mother, Peggy Stewart, and she was a waitress. So he was born Ian Duncan Stewart. Okay. And she couldn't afford childcare, so she had to leave him for a long period of time while she was at work. Mm-hmm. So then she put him up for unofficial adoption, where basically she was just like, can you look after my kid? Oh. And Mary and John Sloan were like, sure. Of course. So she visited him regularly until he was 12, but she never told him she was his mother. Oh. Which is like... Are you okay? Mm. Like, Peggy, what's going on? Wait, so he just thought this random woman like, would just, come like, see him? Like, just, like, family friend. <laughs> oh, right. So not just, like, some stranger. Not just, like, some stranger, like, <laughs> hello, Ian. <laughs> so he appeared twice before a juvenile court for, like, breaking into, like, a house. And then after that, he became a tea boy, aged 15. So he just worked in, like, a tea shop, because oh, why not? British. So then nine months later, he began working as, like, a butcher boy. And he had a girlfriend. Oh, romance. <laughs> no. <laughs> Evelyn Grant. But the beautiful name. I know. But the relationship ended after he threatened her with a knife mm. after she danced with another boy. Oh my god. Oh my god. Because that's casual behaviour, isn't it? Just dance with another girl, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it isn't that deep. You're 17. Just go dance with Why her best friend. That'll hurt. Wow, don't do that. Take this to your best friend's house. Jesus, go ahead. Um, So then he appeared in court again with nine charges against him. And he was placed in probation shortly before his 17th birthday on the condition that he lived with his biological mother. But he didn't even know? I think at this point, like, they'd found out. Oh, right. Whatever. It doesn't really say, but she'd already moved to Manchester. Okay. So he had to go from Glasgow to Manchester, obviously. And she was married to an Irish fruit seller named Patrick Brady. Hence why it's now Ian Brady. Mm-hmm. Patrick is such an Irish name. <laughs> it really is. Like, okay, could he not have been called, like, John? You want him to be called John? No, but, Is like, that an official request? <laughs> like, Everyone name. names their boy John now. Um, but funny we should talk about, like, being in court and stuff, because my mum actually... I don't. It's not funny, but talking, and we weren't talking about it. No. You were. <laughs> so, um, my mum actually knows someone who was in court with Ian Brady when he was like. I think this was obviously. Was it you? 
in Manchester who was me. Mm. Um, and he was like in court for like killing animals. That is where it starts. And but he like denies that he or denied he's dead now that he killed any animals, which is weird because you don't up to it. Are you speaking from experience? Yeah, but no, like he was like I killed everyone in this cage. Yeah, but he was like I didn't. I kill would any never animals. hurt an animal. So. Ian got a job on Smithfield Market, which mm. I think is like still going today. Because like, mm, yeah, been. you've never been. I've been. Oh, but like I didn't know if it was like still going. Shoot me. Well, I will. Thank you. <laughs> As a fruit porter, and obviously he took Patrick's last name because he's Ian Brady. Because oh. not Ian Stewart. It's not. So he was then arrested for stealing blood seals. What? Like. For letters and stuff. All right, okay. Not just like seahorse made of lead. <laughs> well, so he was then sent to Strangeways for three months, which is like the biggest prison in Manchester. It's like for the, lead seals. It's like the famous one, but like lead was expensive in like the forties, fifties. Yeah. Whatever. Fifties, man. And then, because he was under eighteen, he was sent to like military training. Mm-hmm. That can't be fun. And he was found like drunk so they sent him to a tougher unit in Hull Mm -hmm. so then when he came back to Manchester after that um, training he worked a like job a like job it it may have been a job (laughs) in a job kind of thing he worked a job at Millwoods which is a wholesale chemical distribution company based in Gorton Mm -hmm. which is in South Manchester Mm -hmm. I mean I don't know if it's still a thing Gorton or the thing <laughs> oh. I've been to Gotham. Oh, my right. boyfriend stole my boyfriend stole and got phone. <laughs> my boyfriend's phone got stolen and it ended up in Gotham. Oh my god. I don't know how because like it was on a bus in like Manchester, like the centre, and then just ended up in Gotham. As it as it was. Like, as it does. Where else do you think it would go, April? Um that was a fun land of anniversary. <laughs> so the colleagues described him as a quiet Punctual but short tempered. That's what they always describe them as. Oh, yeah, it's oh, he's always a, the quiet He's ones. a nice guy, he doesn't make any fuss. Yeah, but he killed someone. But, like, does this not raise alarm bells? He read books such as Teach Yourself German, which is fine. Just go ahead. In German. Mm-hmm. And Mein Kampf, which is yeah. Hitler's book, okay. if you for some reason don't know that. Yeah. As well as works on Nazi atrocities. When was, atrocities. Where was he reading this stuff? At work? Probably, like, on his breaks at work. What a bold move. Like, we <laughs> just read Hitler's book. Jesus. He rode a Tiger Club motorcycle, which he rode to visit Pennines. Okay. Which is important. I'm not just like, here's a biker. <laughs> here's a biker, Dad. <laughs> um, but that's so weird. Like, if my colleague was reading Mein Kampf, yeah. I'd be like... I'd be like, like I wouldn't be like, excuse me, I've got to get to the donuts. I'd be like, <laughs> um, what is this? But also, can I get to the donuts? Because like, donuts... Donuts are amazing. Mm-hmm. But... It wasn't that long after, like, the Second World War, so that should raise even more alarm That's bells. messed up. Like, he's not reading it for history. He's no. reading it... For, like, pleasure. For Ian Brady. That's <laughs> messed up. Wow. So then, Myra Hindley was born in Crumpsall in 1942. Okay. Which is, like, in North Manchester. It, it may be in North You guys Manchester. just look at a map so that April doesn't have to... <laughs> so she was raised in Gorton. And she was beat regularly as a child because her father was alcoholic. 
Right. Her mum also beat her as well. It's, mm-hmm. it's not just her dad. And her father was known in the army as a hard man. Gross. And expected his daughter to be just as tough and insisted she stuck up for herself. So he has to beat her in order to make her. I'm guessing so. Do you know what? If you want your kids to stand up for themselves, they need to feel confident in themselves. So you have to teach them that rather than beating it into them. Uh, When Moira was eight, she was scratched by a local boy who actually drew blood. People are mean. She burst into tears. The world is a horrible 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 place. (laughs) The world is a horrible horrible place. It is. She ran to her father and he threatened to leather her, which is a very mank saying. It just means he's going to Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if she didn't retaliate so then she went and found the boy and beat him up knocked him down in a series of punches Woo! go Moira well Ooh. I mean let's I not I probably shouldn't Mm-mm. do that but like if someone scratches you guys like lever him like hit him back this is a really inspirational podcast with really great messages for your children it really is like let your kids listen to this I'm they sure really this should. won't scar them for life <laughs> so one of Moira's closest childhood friends was a 13 year old boy named Michael Higgins and he invited that her sounds to sounds like a Roald Dahl character it does doesn't it so he invited her to go swimming in 1957 but she was like nah I'm gonna hang out with my other friend because she's edgy like that <laughs> and uh, unfortunately Michael actually drowned because oh. like they were in like a reservoir so she was like nah no I don't think I'm gonna do that and they they drowned and aren't reservoirs like deeper than you think they are yeah like, and they're disgusting yeah cause all the things are like don't swim in it there it's was like, one right next to my high school and it just smelled bad all the time like, every time like it's summer you always had high school people coming like don't swim in a reservoir yeah like this is what happens if you swim in a reservoir yeah. you die so Michael Higgins drowned and Moira was actually a strong swimmer, so she blamed herself because she wasn't there to save him. Which which could you have saved someone like you probably could. She could probably you? could have helped, but she still might not have been able. I to I feel save like you him. can't blame yourself. But she did, and it's understandable that she would have done. Like survivor's guilt. Yeah. But yeah. And so she actually collected for a wreath and his funeral. So, I mean, throughout child- childhood, she seemed pretty... Okay. Okay. Like, traumatised, but... Traumatised, but... None of the worst. You know, getting through it. But Ian did seem very... M- messy. <laughs> to say so, the they actually met in, I believe, like, like a factory. I, I don't know if it was, like, the chemical one. Right, okay. Just they were talking about, a factory. But they met. And she really, really liked Ian. Like, she... Crush him like a big crush on him. Ah, crush. <laughs> and she and he was just kind of like, okay, and darling. Like okay. he never really liked her. She would. I mean, I guess they liked each other. More at of one a, point, like a, but more a, of like a, an asset to him. Yeah, like have you seen End of the Fucking World? I have. You know, like the James and Alyssa. Oh, type thing. I like their relationship. No, I like them, but you know, at the start, where it was like, I want, I want to, to kill use her. her. Yeah, it's it's like that, but instead of killing, he was like, let me just use this bitch, because she was quite like, I don't want to liken her to Marilyn Monroe because that's please a, don't do that. No, because that's a bit romanticizing. But, but Marilyn Monroe was a character. Yeah, but she, but Moira did the whole like dyeing her hair blonde, like she was naturally like brunette and. Trying to make herself seem better I'm than... I'm like, naturally blonde. ...working class <laughs> girl, which she was, and she tried to make her seem better. Okay. 
and so she was completely infatuated with Ian Brady and he was just like I love you you're all right to look at <laughs> we're British this is what I said this morning don't need to put an accent on we've got one and so but on the 12th of July 1963 Ian Brady told Moira Hindley that he wanted to commit what he called the perfect murder this is where I um he gets the the Hitler book comes in that perfect murder sounds a lot like mm. the final solution so he told Moira to borrow a van and he'd ride behind on his motorcycle, see? It, brum, brum. Right, it, it was the thing. Motorcycle. And also, like, disclaimer once again, like, we're not laughing at, at the it. murders. We're we just, have to lighten the mood We're somehow. trying to lighten the mood or we're just... Otherwise, like, we're just two girls sat here talking about some of the worst stuff in the world. Yeah. Um, so he'd signal, like, his headlights when he found a potential victim. Okay. So he pointed out a young girl walking down Garton Lane and Moira didn't stop because she recognised the girl as the eight-year-old neighbour of her mother. And then So she has some humanity left yeah, at this point. Okay. That's the thing, like, a lot of people say, and I do kind of believe it, that Ian Brady was a big factor in her, like, evilness. Oh, 100%. Like, he 100% corrupted her. She wouldn't have got to that point on her own. No, maybe she would have been a little bad like yeah not she would great, probably but... been in like jail but i don't think she would have murdered kids i don't think so well she might but not you know not like, like she wouldn't have done all of that murders. exactly no and i mean looking into it like i'm not defending mari henley no we're not defending anyone there but is no defense for stuff like this no, but no justification into it, it was very much more ian brady than like yeah I think Maura that's henley. like a, yeah but she still took part in it and she's still like evil and she definitely deserves the title as like the evilest woman in britain Ugh. Um, anyway, <laughs> so sometime after half past 7pm on Froxmas Street, I don't know where that is. It it's, it's somewhere in Manchester. If you guys know where it is, yeah. then like, have that information for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy that knowing where uh, it is. We don't. Brady signalled for Moira to stop for the 16-year-old girl, Pauline Reed. She was a schoolmate of Moira's younger sister, apparently. And She, she knows was, everyone. I know, right? So I'm guessing this was near her house. <laughs> Um, just going around her street. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she was apparently on her way to dance. Okay. She never made it. Don't go to dance, anyone, ever. <laughs> um, so she offered Reed a lift, Moira, obviously, mm-hmm. and asked for her to help her search Saddleworth Moors for her missing glove, which is why I was like, oh my God, you mentioned a single glove. <gasps> so, like, apparently she'd misplaced, like, an expensive glove in the moors. But the thing is, I would feel so much... I would consider getting into a car if it was a woman in there yeah like, more than i would ma- with a man that, that, which is messed up and well, you shouldn't yeah, get into like, a car with anyone society but i mean not even, even your parents but like even then it was like, still okay to get into a car with strangers because they didn't think that you'd be raped and killed yeah as that's much as all now, i think about <laughs> well no it's not all i think no, about like but i think about it's in there like, shit. Mm-hmm. um like a taxi driver put his middle finger up at me after you left me he just I don't know I wasn't doing anything but then I remembered I had a pride flag on me and I thought it could have been that that sucks that that really sucks Um, so when Ian showed up like on his little motorcycle Mario was like oh he'll be helping find (laughs) the search find the search (laughs) where's the the search (laughs) he'd be helping with the search for the glove so then Moira waited in the van while Ian took Pauline into the moors to look for the glove, it's like, why wouldn't you go to find your glove? Yeah. So I'm sure she probably was like, 
hang on a minute. This is a bit. But once you're in, but like once you're in, like, what are you gonna do? Exactly. They have a van. Exactly. Exactly. And there's two of them as one of you. Exactly. So he returned alone 30 minutes later after raping Pauline and cutting her throat twice, including a four-inch incision on her voice box. That's just. That's just like he was silencing her, obviously, because it's like why would you make an effort to go into the voice box and then, because unfortunately there's more Mm. so in the early evening of the 23rd of November at a market in Ashton on the line Brady and Hindley (laughs) they offered 12 year old John Kilbride a lift home stating that his parents might worry he was out so late they might worry he's in (laughs) he's in a van with strangers (laughs) and they also promised him a bottle of sherry oh well I mean take the bottle obviously yeah he was like 12 were you offering 12 year old I would have taken it at 12 I would have taken it but thank you (laughs) that's so nice so once he was in they actually kept borrowing cars and I think that was like can't find my car because now she's in a Ford Anglia okay and Ian said that they'd have to make a detour to the house to get the sherry Mm -hmm. oh at that point I'm gone if you don't give it to me straight up then I don't and then not so that I you know what I mean yeah he then again suggested that they take a detour to uh, Saddleworth Morse to find the missing girl. so oh. for some reason John was I mean once again you can't run but so they took him to the Moors to find the missing glove which there was no missing glove of course and when they reached the Moors he Brady took Kilbride sexually assaulted him and tried to slit his throat with a six in with a six inch serrated blade before strangling him with a shoelace. So then the third victim was Keith Bennett and he's like probably the most famous of them all because he is the only one that they've never found. His body? Like they never found his body. They found all of the others, I think there was like five and they found them all except Keith. And the thing that got me interested in the case was his mother, because obviously like he was only 12 so his mum was still alive in like 2012 I think this was so she was still alive for a while but she was dying I think she might have had like cancer or something but she was dying and her last wish was to be buried with a son which you know I that would be mine too like if my son was killed like, yeah please can I be buried like around in the moors with him or yeah. can you take his body and be buried with mine and she actually asked Ian Brady because Moira died like 2004 I think um, of pneumonia and she asked Ian if you know he could tell her where he was or lead him lead her to him and he refused my god because of course he would because you're not Brady. you're not getting out me you might as well just do it and this doesn't I always say like I think the worst thing she could have done was beg Ian Brady oh he would have loved to, that exactly that's why it's like the worst thing she could have done was ask him it's like I'm not saying she shouldn't have done it no but he would have relished that. I I understand why she would have done it and I would have done it too if I was in her place but Ian Brady is such an evil man he was never going to tell you. You probably no. got off. Oh, he to, definitely he, did. He got off to you begging. Of course he did. It's so sad because obviously like she died and she never got to find out where her son is. But the moors keep like burning and they keep looking for Keith and he's just uh, not it, there. He might not be buried there. That's what I say. My theory is like 
They probably moved his body when they were like getting caught. Probably. I don't know why specifically Keith. Like they, they probably weren't like his mum's gonna ask to bury him, but they probably just took one. Maybe he was the closest one for them to to, to yeah, get. Yeah, they probably just took one and buried him somewhere else, and I don't think we're ever gonna find it. Were they one hundred percent sure that they took Keith to the moors and that's where they killed him? Um, that could have been somewhere else. According to my story, then yeah, because. Early in the evening, on June 16th, 1964, Hindley asked 12-year-old Keith Bennett, who was on his way to visit his grandmother in Longside, for help loading boxes into a like, mini pickup van. She said afterwards she'd give him a lift, you know, like, thank you for mm-hmm. helping me with my boxes, like, as you would. And he, Brady was obviously in the back of the van, not, like, waiting to strike, but he was just in the van with them. So she drove to a lay-by on Saddleworth Moor. Mm-hmm. And Brady went off with Keith to find the lost glove because the lost glove is still a thing. It's still lost. We need to find that glove. And he returned, Brady, returned alone, 30 minutes later, carrying a spade he'd hidden on the moors earlier. And he'd sexually abused Keith and strangled him with a piece of string. So he is on the moors and... They just can't find him. He, at one point, definitely was buried in the moors because he had a spade. Yeah. Is he still on the moors? We may never know, and that is actually really sad. Yeah, that is. Like, sad. This whole thing know. isn't is, is like sad. this whole thing isn't fun. It's no. not like we're not having a great time right now. Like, we're not having a good time, and like it's hard to make. And jokes this, about. you've been speaking for like half an hour. Have I? And I've been just listening to every word you've said. So then, the next victim was ten-year-old Wesley Ann Downey, and at a fairground on Boxing Day, they noticed she was alone. And they deliberately dropped their shopping yeah. and asked her for help. Dude, you can't do anything as a kid. You can't really stand alone. They were like, oh, can you help us pick it up and take it to our car? So then they took her to their house. This is the worst one for me. Maybe we should stop teaching kids to be polite. Yeah. And just start telling them to be like, no, fuck off. I feel like that's the mentality we have now and it's probably That's what I've always done. <laughs> yeah, this is the worst one for me. They took her to their house where she was undressed, gagged and made to pose naked for photographs before being raped and killed but she was once again strangled by a piece of string mm. and then they drove her to Saddleworth Moor and placed her in a shallow grave with her clothes by her feet it's like they didn't even dress her back up them again so there's just nothing the last victim was Edward Evans and on the evening of the 6th of October 1965 Hindley drove Brady to Manchester Central Railway Station which isn't a thing anymore it's now the gmex yeah but it's now been renamed to manchester central but everyone still knows it as the gmex yeah um she waited outside the car while he selected a victim Ugh, selected a victim that's after a few minutes he reappeared in the company of 17 year old edward evans i think yeah he's the oldest victim but still young. so young like that's you're 17 our age yeah I'm 16. Well, like, you're until, until November. Then I'm a dancing queen. <laughs> he was in... He was in Apprentice. He was an apprentice. You... We don't speak well at all, ever. The worst thing I do is I say something in a weird accent and then I, like, repeat it in that accent. <laughs> I no idea what to So he was an apprentice engineer who lived in Ardwick and he introduced Hindley as, like, his sister, Brady, not, like, Edward, he wasn't like, hello, this is my sister. <laughs> um, so they drove to Brady and Hindley's home at 16 Waterbrook Avenue. Mm. 
and they relaxed over a bottle of wine. Classic. What the fuck? At some point, Brady sent Hindley to find David Smith, who was the husband of Hindley's younger sister, Maureen, who was a schoolmate of Pauline Reed. Right. And the Hindley family had not approved of the marriage to David. Right. He had several criminal convictions, including actual bodily harm and housebreaking, the first of which, wounding with intent, occurred when he was 11. But I mean, at the same time... Starts early. I mean, at the same time, like, look at Moira and Ian. They're like, no, he did something bad when he was 11 (laughs) while, like, your daughter and her boyfriend are, like, murdering people and, like, that's okay. Did they know? Housebreaking is it? Probably not, but... But you probably have some, Yeah, but Ian Brady still had a ton of convictions Mm -hmm. and they were okay with him but not David Smith. Or maybe they weren't, it just... Just didn't... Never came around, yeah. So throughout the previous year, Brady had been cultivating a friendship with Smith and he became, like, in awe of Ian. Mm. And that increasingly worried Moira as she felt it compromised their safety. Right. Because, like, he might tell Maureen, who'd then tell his parents, who'd then be like, hang on a minute, no. <sighs> yeah. Whatever. So... She came back with Smith, obviously, because he told her to go and get him, and told him to wait outside for her signal, which was a flashing light. When the signal came, Smith knocked down the door. Oh, knocked on the door. He did knock it down. Um, Wham! And was met by Brady, who asked if he had come for the miniature wine bottles. What? What What a cool cover-up, I guess. Miniature wine bottles. And he left him in the kitchen saying that he was going to collect the wine. Smith later told the police, I waited about a minute or two, then suddenly I heard a hell of a scream. It sounded like a woman, really high-pitched. Then the screams carried on, one after another really loud. Then I heard Myra shout, Dave, help him, very loud. When I ran in, I I just stood inside the living room and I saw a young lad. He was lying with his head and shoulders on the couch and his legs were on the floor. He was facing upwards. Ian was standing over him, facing him, with his legs on either side of the young... of the... With his legs on either side of the young lad's legs. The lad was still screaming. Ian had a hatchet in his hand. Where'd he get that from? It's Ian Brady, don't question it. Uh, He was holding it above the head and he hit the lad on the left side of his head with the hatchet. I heard the blow. It was a terrible hard blow. It sounded horrible. So Smith then watched Brady throttle Evans with a length of electrical cord. Brady sprained his ankle in the struggle. And Evans Good. Who was too heavy for Smith to carry to the car on his own. So they wrapped it in plastic sheeting and put it in the spare bedroom. And Dave, David Smith was actually the reason they got caught because he was so horrified with... Well, you would hope Like, that he was so horrified with... I'm taking a drink, not pause. You better get on with the story. I'm invested. I know, he was so horrified with what he'd saw that he had to tell someone tell someone and he told the police mm-hmm. so then the police came to their house and whatever but Smith returned the following morning with his baby's pram to use to transport his body to the car they disposed of it on the moors he arrived home around 3am and asked his wife to make a cup of tea which he drank before vomiting and telling her what he had witnessed which is what I've just said mm-hmm. And at 6.10am, having waited for daylight and armed himself with a screwdriver and bread knife, 
and Casey and Brady was playing with him to sat down. Like, he was so scared of him. Well, you would be. And you just witnessed a murder. I know. But, like, he's just gone from being in awe to, like... Like, idolising. In terror, which... I mean, good. Don't yeah. idolise Ian Brady. That's the right thing to do. So he called the police from a phone box on the estate, which was... He was picked up by a police car from the phone box and taken to High Police Station, where he told officers what he had witnessed. So... Superintendent Bob Talbot of the Stally Bridge Police Division, I hope I said that yeah, right. We never say anything right. You guys probably just hate Went it. to 16 Waterbrook Avenue, which is where they lived, accompanied by a detective sergeant oh, wearing a bread delivery man's overall on top of his uniform. Undercover cop. He asked Moira if her husband was home, and she denied she had a husband or that a man was in the house. She was, and then he was like, psych, I'm the police. Like, fair enough. He was like, psych, I'm the police. Tell me where he is. So she'd let him in. And Brady was lying down, writing to his employer about his ankle injury. See, that is just not giving a shit about. Exactly. That is psycho. Like, no remorse. And he explained that he was investigating an act of violence involving guns, which there was. That was reported to have taken place the previous evening, but there was no guns, which makes no sense. So she denied. So Hindley denies that there had been any violence and allowed the police to look around the house. When the police asked for his key to the locked spare bedroom, Hindley said it was at her workplace. But after the police offered to take her there to retrieve it, Brady told her to hand it over. Which I can just imagine him just being like, hand it over, like not like oh give it to them like the gigs up like he was hand it over like I just but psycho and so when the police returned to the living room they arrested Brady on suspicion of murder and as Brady was getting dressed he said Eddie and I had a row and the situation got out of hand and just to call him like Eddie like you didn't know him like you don't get to give him a nickname like Mm -hmm. Eddie but so they went to trial for like 14 days and he only admitted to like I think three to just admit like you caught anyway Um, just do it and they didn't arrest Myra at first but she was like I want to go to the police station like with my dog for some reason (laughs) and so he was arrested put on trial and then so was she I'm just trying to summarise it because I realise I've been talking for like too long Um, and they actually took her dog as like evidence for like maybe not like evidence but like sniffing out and stuff maybe Mm -hmm. I can't really understand that bit but they gave him like veterinary treatment Mm -hmm. and he never recovered from it and she like blamed the police for like murdering her dog oh which is sad, but you murdered kids. So yeah, like, don't bring the dog into it. Shut up, Myra. <laughs> um, so then in the 80s, bear in mind, these took place in like 63 to 65, I think. Maybe 66. He admitted to, I think it was Bennett and Reeves that he admitted to it. I mean, if that's wrong, like, sue We're never going to get it 100% like, right. If that's wrong, sue me, but like, don't it's sue the same her, people. That... Like, I don't have money to sue, but like, it's the same people, so it doesn't. Just be really mad about really it matter. silently. 
Like, if you're a Moore's murder stan, I'm sorry. We're never going to get it. You, like, that's the thing. The people listening probably it. know more, but we're just trying to say something. Yeah, like, we're you're not... never going to get it 100% right. And with cases that are from, like, the 60s, sometimes... Mine is from the 1700s, 1600s. Like, accounts are different. So right. you're never going to get it 100%. Exactly. Um, so then they were both arrested and they were given life sentences and Moira actually led them to find I think like three maybe two bodies and because that's the thing people try to like humanize her because it's like well she led them to the bodies yeah she still but like she still did it Mm -hmm. and okay yeah she helped the police some in some way there's just some things you can't you but, like, justify you murdered kids mm-hmm. and you were like the, she asked him what he did you don't get to come back from that like and no, be, like, no matter uh, how helpful hero. you are like here are the bodies like you still murdered kids and you're still a bad with person. the whole like abuse when she was young thing I do think that it um, like that definitely kicks to it. it. But sometimes when people use it as their only excuse, it's like they were like, "I'm a victim." No, you were a victim before you started victimizing yeah. other people. Exactly. Like, of course, it's like things that happen to you when you're a kid have a huge ass. Like, if have a huge she'd have thing. Gone from being abusive to maybe just like fighting and like you know, like in the streets, like just being mm-hmm. like a drunk and like round and so I'd be like the ripple effect. Looks like you did it to me, so. Yeah, you don't get to get feel it. sorry for yourself now when but you've like, killed no, like all of these children. You willingly killed kids. You willingly abducted. And Ian said that he that she took part in the sexual assault. So she you denies don't... it. Well, but you're not going to admit that. No, obviously not. Like, yeah, of course I did. No, and I don't think Ian Brady would have like. Well, he might. I don't really put anything past have, him. He might have put. Like been like, haha, you're going down with me, but I feel like he's just the type of person to be like, I did this myself. Mm-hmm. Like so arrogant about it. But um so she led them to the bodies and then that was when Ian began to be like, Fine, I'll confess oh. about the other two murders. Alright, I'll do it. And so Maury died in I think like two thousand four, two thousand three maybe. Um from bronchial pneumonia mm-hmm. I've already said that but you get the fact again you're welcome <laughs> in case you forgot and Ian Brady died in 2017 and so really not that long yeah ago. I'm not really sure how he died but he oh when he confessed he was like I'll confess if you allow me to commit suicide afterwards and they were like, you can confess, but you're not killing yourself. <laughs> like, Go ahead, but like, no. Death is too good for you. It really is. Um, so he confessed anyway. Uh, didn't kill himself. He died 2017, which was three years ago. And the thing that disgusts me about this even more is that his dying wish was to be cremated, which I think he was cremated, but... He wanted his ashes spread over the moors. Oh my god. Where his victims were. That oh my god. And they were like, No. I think they made obviously he didn't get like a burial because Yeah. He would go to his grave. Mm-hmm. But um I think 
Well, some people probably would. Some people probably would, but I think he was just like scattered at sea, like so that no one can find him. Which is a lot of people do. I don't know where they did it. I heard he was just thrown into the sea, but yeah, that's disgusting. To me, that still seems too nice. It seems too nice, but I don't know what they did. I'll tell you next podcast, but um, there's a story I want to bring to this. Despite my mum knowing someone who was in court with him, my mum was born, like, my mum was... She's not, like, old, but she was born... (gasps) Don't call you my mum. My mum's lovely, I love my mum. But she (laughs) But she is old! She was around at the same time that the Moors murders were taking place. She was born in 55. I think she might have been like the same age as like Keith Bennett, if not like a little bit Around younger. That. And she was just like walking with her nana, but her nana was like a head, so she looked alone. Her nana was a, a head? She was just a head. She was a head? Like, she was walking ahead of her, so it's cold ahead. If you like drove, it is cold, but like if you drove, it just looked like she was like a child alone. Mm-hmm. And she was in like a red coat. and this is so like weird and in a van a man and a woman pulled up to her and were like hey little red riding hood like get in the van oh my God. and my her nana like ran and was like fuck off oh yeah like, go away no she's not getting in the van and she like pulled her away and oh, they like yeah. ran and the car just like drove off and my mum's like, I'm not saying it was Ian and Moira Hindley. But it could have been. But it could have been because it was at the same, at, at at the, the same the time. <laughs> but, like, she's not like, Ian, like, oh Brady tried to no. kidnap me, hashtag not click me. But she's like, I'm not <laughs> saying it was, but it very well could have been. And that's like a really, really scary It could have been, yeah. Because, like, obviously we're from Manchester. And, like, my well, mum. No. no, but, like, my mum was from Manchester as well. It's like, it's not like my mum moved here, like. Afterwards, like afterwards, like they're from Manchester, and it's just so whether that could have been a thing. Like I could not be here. Jesus My mum could be in the malls. <laughs> My God, like I'm trying to do that. I really want to do the, um, the TikTok. You're from Jennifer's body when she does the thing. Yes. I want to do it so much, but I won't. Okay, so that is the end of mine. Freya, what's yours? <laughs> well, we have been going for almost an hour. Shit. It's fine. It can be as long as we want. It's our it really, podcast. No, it, it's our Okay. Mine is Elizabeth Bathory. My fave. AKA the Blood Countess. One of the first um, vampire cases in history. So. That's really exciting. That's really cool. Um, so, Bathory Ezerbet her name Elizabeth Bathory I'm not going to get any of the like the pronunciation of the names right just go with it um born 7th of August 1560 she was a Hungarian oh <laughs> she was a <laughs> Wait, what are your oh sorry yeah um rape incest um abuse all all forms of it um basically all the trigger warnings all of them she's so triggering i'm doing this to hurt people that's why i'm here (laughs) so yeah just that's yeah just be careful you know if you really don't want to listen you don't feel like you have to really don't mind if you You don't don't feel like you have to yeah um so she was a hungarian noblewoman from the family of bathory 
they owned land in the Kingdom of Hungary, which isn't a thing anymore, but it was then. Um, she spent her childhood in the castle that she lived in with her dad, Baron George Bathory, um, of the Eastside branch of the family. There was different branches of the Bathories. I always look at the microphone like it's a camera. Same. The thing, the thing with like foreign names is they are hard to like pronounce if you don't understand the way like that alphabet works like yeah your mind just does it in our alphabet so like sorry if we don't we're not gonna get it right right. apologies um i'm just trying to tell tell the story um yeah from that branch of the family her mother anna bathory and and a baroness was in the was also a bathory there were like cousins just from a different branch branch and her brother stephen and when she was a kid, she had epilepsy. They diagnosed it as falling sickness. And her... her <laughs> so she had um, seizures from her epilepsy. Yeah. And one of the things that they gave her for like treatment was she was to get the blood of non-sufferers and rub it on her lips. Yeah, or have a mix of their blood and a piece of their skull, which kind of makes everything else that comes after that I'm going to tell you about, it all kind of links up. Yeah. So everything she did after, was it killing for that, or was it mm. killing to cure her illness? That's mm. a thing. We'll find out, I guess. Yeah, so there's really no hard evidence to support any of that, though. There's nothing. It was so long ago. So she was raised Calvinist Protestant, which is just a branch of Protestantism. Yeah. Protestantism. Protestantism that follows the, the theological forms podcast. of Christian just practice. Can't speak. Yeah, no, of course we can't. Um, she was really well educated because she was so like rich, so yeah, she like knew a bunch of languages. The only educated one. Yeah, and actually, when she was thirteen, here's some goss. She apparently Ooh. had a kid with a peasant boy, and they gave the kid to a local woman. What like, a who, I know. So, yeah, she was growing up all this blah. One of her uncles taught her Satanism, and her aunt taught Fair her enough. sadomasochism. Uh, yeah. Okay. Fun. She seems perfectly normal. Mm-hmm. So, here's where we get into the story. Ooh. December the 26th, exactly a month after my birthday. <gasps> well, I wasn't born in 1609, <laughs> but you know what I mean. 1609 or 1610, there's really no like conclusive... No one knows anything. Um... We're all just guessing. A count called Georgi Thurzo, gonna call him Thurzo, um, took a trip to her castle in Hungary because the king told him to go to the castle. You do what the king says. And he went because he was told to. And he found Elizabeth um, conducting the torture of some young girls. And some of her torture methods, trigger warning, again <laughs> yeah a real big one where she would stick pins and needles up their f- under their fingernails one girl she put oh, honey I made my fingernails feel so weird <laughs> one girl she put honey all over her body and left her out for bees and ants to just attack her they did, they did that in Egypt like one of the pharaohs did that to get rid of the bees in his Gosh. castle and one of her um, sorry her first victims were aged 10 to 14 they were all girls she so would yeah abduct kids from around the villages around her castle but also she was so high class that some young girls would be sent to her castle for etiquette lessons mm. she would just keep them and torture them yeah um so people around her castle apparently knew of this stuff but because she was just so high up 
like now, she was virtually untouchable. She was virtually untouchable. So, yeah, she apparently bathed in virgin's blood to keep herself young and healthy, which is where the vampire stuff yeah. comes in, and drink it, blah, 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 blah. So, um... Yeah, so her family was basically the government, so there really wasn't anything that anyone yeah. could do. But, yeah, apparently Except it was known... <laughs> but apparently it was known, but just ignored until she started taking the daughters of, like, noble people. Oh, of course so, then people Of course cared. then they care when it... Yeah. So when she was 15, she married Count... Uh, F- mm, Ferenc Nadasdi. Damn, only 15? That's old for that but time. But they would... They, he was 19 when they got married, and she they'd been engaged since she was 10. Oh, okay. And it was probably just a political agreement yeah, within the aristocracy. Fifteen is like really old for, old that, time. for that time. Yeah, um, a long engagement. Like Juliet in Romeo and Juliet was thirteen. <laughs> and this is where, so she, um, she was really high up. So she refused yeah. to take his name because she was higher in status. So he the took her. Feminist. Mm, love it. He took her name. They were the Bathories. Batteries. So <laughs> but um, he gave her, her his castle. Mm. It's like a wedding gift. Which go ahead. Yeah. And he was whipped by this woman. He built her a torture chamber to her As exact specifications. If you're not gonna do that for me, then I don't want you. <laughs> um. Disclaimer: Freya is not a murderer. <laughs> that I'm aware of. <laughs> well, you don't. You don't know me that long, Gabriel. Um. And he became the chief commander in the of the Hungarian troops during the Ottoman War, so he went away. And whilst he was away, Elizabeth managed all the business business affairs, which included providing medical care for the people, and she was um, responsible for basically all the Hungarian and Slovakian people. Mm-hmm. She was put in charge of the defense of her husband's estates en route to Vienna. Yeah. Um, she also helped out the women in her villages quite a lot. And... There was one woman who, whose husband had been captured and she helped her out, and a woman whose daughter had been raped and impregnated and she helped her out. Um, and there are theories that Count Frederick, he, Ferenc, uh, Count F, he <laughs> got involved in the torture because after he died she got a lot worse, but there's also, he could have restrained her, and like, because that's why it got worse after he died. You know, like, kind of been like, mm, let's not do all of this let's do some of it yeah and then she was like well he's dead i can do it yeah or maybe it was just the grief you know yeah um that is a thing that people do people do it out of grief grief yeah so when he died he left her and all of it because they had children all of the heirs to thurzo the guy that led the investigation against her Mm. Mm. so once she'd been caught in the act um bathory and her accomplices which there were a lot there was um Iona or Alona Jew, who was her former nurse, and Dorota Zentis, a local witch, um, who were helping her abduct the young peasant girls. They were put on trial. She was put on trial for 80 counts of murder. And everyone she worked with was um, executed, like, badly, like, they threw their bodies into fire and stuff. But she, because she was so high up, escaped execution. And she was put into solitary, solitary confinement in her own castle in a really small room with only slits, really thin slits for air and food. She died three years later in August 1614. She was um, all happened in 1611. 
So yeah, she believed that the blood would keep her young and healthy. The Guinness World Records, have, they've named her the most prolific female serial killer ever, even though the exact number of her victims is like up for debate because it was so long ago. Why is that a Guinness World Record? <laughs> <laughs> um, the highest number stated at her actual trial was 650. But Jesus Christ. That came from, there's probably more. Yeah. That came from um, one of her servants called Susanna who said that she knew that her court official Jacob Slovassi or something had seen that figure in one of Elizabeth's books but the book was never revealed and he never spoke about yeah. it in his own testimony so um, there were over 300 witnesses and survivors and there was also evidence such as dying and imprisoned girls with mutilated dead bodies found in her castle now I'm going to tell you a few things that she did as torture so this okay. is a huge trigger warning like if you were triggered by that you'll be triggered by I this if it's you like, are triggered rape abuse all that stuff please just don't listen yeah, to like, this if you've made it this far and that is what triggers you just leave like yeah it's honestly, okay it's mind. genuinely fine so i'm gonna so burning hands she mutilate the hands beating biting flesh off faces Jeez. biting flesh off the arms and other body parts freezing to death starving to death ironing the soles of their feet sticking burning rods up their vaginas oh. lacerating their genitals with their teeth knives candles and needles stitching their lips and their tongues together sitting on nettles and bathing in them and she made one girl eat red hot cake which is something i've never heard before um what was that oh <laughs> this must be like a, oh, oh. <laughs> and according to the budapest city archives the girls were burned with hot tongs then placed in freezing cold water and she was also suspected of cannibalism um and some people said they saw the torture of dead bodies and some were buried in graveyards but others just no one knows where they are and then i found this website called rejected princess which had some really great information that i hadn't seen that's such a cool name rejected i know princess. so this is all from her website so apparently she once beat up a girl so badly she screamed so loudly that her neighbors who were monks threw clay pots at the walls why wouldn't you check that out? <laughs> um, and she also apparently cast a spell to summon clouds filled with 90 cats for her enemies, which kind of, that's, I would do that. Um, I and the cat. Apparently, she stuffed five servants' dead bodies under a bed and continued to feed them as if they were alive. How? Mm -hmm. And bathed in virgin's blood, which might not be possible considering co um, coagulation and blood takes around 25 to 30 seconds to clot once it leaves the body. Yeah. But if you're on blood thinners or have like liver disease, it's gonna take longer. But I doubt they were on blood thinners. But you know what I mean. Um, and there were theories that she was raped when she was younger. That's yeah. just something that happened. Well, we were talking about that, and it's like, well, was it like that we just reclaim or like redo it? Yeah, it could have been, but we don't know. We'll anything. never know because she's long dead. Mm -hmm. And there were some theories that this girl was innocent. There were really? some she was innocent. Yeah. So let me get into that. So she wasn't obviously the nicest person. That was yeah. that's obvious because she was so high up. You're not gonna be. You know what I mean? No, you're gonna be a bitch. Mm -hmm. But she might not have been who we think she was. So what? According to some, Elizabeth's cousin Gabor or Gabor, I don't know the name, wanted the throne, right? Yeah. And Elizabeth was real rich and was now a widow. You see where that's going? Oh, and no. so did Thurzo. He saw that was going. And he didn't like it. So. He decided it was time to bring Elizabeth down. Fair enough. Get that bitch. I guess. Um, and he was well known around town for scheming and backstabbing Ooh. people. Just a fun guy. And some evidence actually shows his wife writing um, that her husband was starting, you know, something against Elizabeth. Yeah. 
And he contacted church leaders and they were all starting to tell stories about the Bathurys to the public, painting them as villains. Um, because all of the testimonies were, I heard this, well not all of them, most of them, and she said this, there was hardly anyone saying, I saw. Yeah. And I was there, stuff like that. And the only way to really get rid of someone who's that powerful is to rip away all the support and basically start a war against them, really. And then catch yeah. them doing what you're saying that they're doing. You have yeah. to actually literally com- catch them committing it. Um, otherwise people are just gonna ignore it because they're so high status. And it actually took him, it took Thurzo 24 hours to produce any evidence. And you'd think if he was so passionate about this, he would he would He'd have waited until he... the evidence. Exactly. And Elizabeth never got to defend herself to speak on her own behalf. And her family records were destroyed. So there's nothing showing us how she was as a person. We don't know anything. So here's my question. Was she a sadistic, twisted, serial-killing woman? Or a victim of a sad man's power trip and hate mixed with an environment of witch hunters and misogyny. Which one will it be? You guys pick. Probably the second one. But also, I mean, it really could have been. Yeah. There's, uh, I'm gonna Maybe go it with. was a mix of both. Yeah, I don't think she didn't kill anyone. Maybe it was. I think just she definitely did kill people. As we know it to be. You never know. It was so long ago. Yeah. I heard that Virgin's blood was not like the blood of a virgin but like the blood of someone whose blood hadn't already been taken yeah but that's impossible now blood tests yeah so <laughs> i'm guessing that hers was like actual virgin's blood though. probably i hope this wasn't too bad for you. it was heavy i know yeah i'm kind of glad that it was long and heavy like not like long and we're just like okay bye. jokes throughout the whole thing yeah like i think it makes it I don't want to sound horrible, but it's better that it was long and heavy than short and just yeah. Yeah, I actually have a few things if you guys want to like look, watch stuff. There's a bunch of stuff um, based on it because it's obviously a really huge case. Um, Tragica Historia, whatever that is, um, first written account of the case. Um, There's a book called Hungary and Transylvania. John Padgett describes the origins of Bathory's bloodbathing, although it seems to be a fictionalised recreation of oral history from the era. Yeah. So, yeah, the, I, um, American Horror Story. Watch that. It's, there's always something there. Thank you guys it's for like, listening. On American Horror Story, so many things are made from, like, I real, love American I love Horror it. Story. Sarah Paulson's on it, and oh. that's enough to go. Have you seen Nurse Ratchet? Have no, I need to watch it. Oh, God, okay. I started watching it when it came out. Um, but I'm pacing myself because yeah. I know myself and I'll get through it so quickly. So I need to, I'm trying to do like one every so often just so yeah. I don't get through it. I'm going to watch it all tonight. I know I am. <laughs> I know I am. I know myself. But you need to watch it. It's I so will. good already. So do you guys. Yeah, everyone watch it. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. I Thank hope you guys. everyone had a really, really great day or whatever. And, and I hope this wasn't too heavy for you. <laughs> go watch a if video was, of a kitten or something. Else. Yeah. Like it's you, fine. It's okay. But yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. Love you the most. (laughs) Bye. Bye.